Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. Hallelujah. Praise God. Good morning, everybody. X Church, how are you doing? Welcome to a brand new day, a brand new week. God is good. It's so good to see all of you tuning in. Thank you so much for spending your morning worshipping with us and watching this message. This is part two of a two-part message. I thought I could do it in one part. You know, last uh, time we met, uh, I spoke on worry anxiety, and I was also supposed to include fear into that three-part message uh, in just one Sunday, but I couldn't because there was just so much on my heart, so much that God wanted to say to you, so I had to break it into two parts, and those of you who were with me the last time, you heard what God had to say about worry and about anxiety and how we are to overcome, overcome them both, hallelujah, praise the Lord, and I pray that you have been overcoming every day of the past week, and you will continue continue to overcome. But here today, we want to deal with fear. Okay, are you ready for this? Praise the Lord. Let's look at this next and final point on fear. 2 Timothy 1, 5 to 7. Let's read it together. 2 Timothy 1, 5 to 7. Paul writes this to Timothy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God, listen now, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know, I love the fact that Paul writing to Timothy started by talking about faith. But he didn't just say faith, he said genuine faith that was first found in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice. And he said, I really am confident there's also in you. Now, listen, why didn't just uh, Paul say faith? Instead, he said genuine faith. Genuine faith. Because genuine faith can only come when faith has been tested and proven to stand after all the testing, faith that stands after the fire is what we call genuine faith. And this is what the Word of God says when it says that our faith will be tested by fire. The genuine faith is not just faith, it is faith tested by fire. And Paul is confident when he writes this because he says, I saw it in Lois, your grandmother. I saw it in Eunice. I know that they were tested and they stood steadfast. Their faith stood the test, not just of time, but of the testing. Faith stood the test of the fiery furnace. And genuine faith is what came forth. And I know that you have it too, Timothy because I've seen you go through the fire and come out on the other side strong and still standing. So I believe that what was in your grandmother was also in your mother and now is in you. And then he says, stir up that gift. Stir up that gift. You have a gift in you. Come on, everyone listen to me now. You have a gift. And your gift is not just at home, staying at home and staying alive. Your gift is to go out. There, wherever the Lord has planted you, sent you, called you, there is a gift and this world is, 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 a, is a place that is incomplete without your gift. 
This world, your neighbors, your friends, your family, they are not complete without your gift. So stir up that gift. What would be the very thing that will cause you not to stir up that gift? Fear. And one of those gifts, the, you know, God has given you a gift and one of it is not fear. Hallelujah. Praise God. God has not given us a, a spirit of fear. Alright? You, when you count all your gifts, fear is not one of them. Fear is, stir up that gift and don't let fear stop you from giving your gift to the world, from going out there and using your gift for the betterment of the world. So once again, you have a gift, stir it up. And fear, remember, is not part of that gift because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. And listen to me also now, as we go into understanding fear, I want to start with this. The first point of understanding fear is to recognize that fear is a spirit. Fear is a spirit. It's a spiritual thing. So worry is about the body, what we eat, what we drink, what we wear. Anxiety is about the soul, our emotions, you know, our mind. And so the peace of God will guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. But fear is a spirit. And it's not a spirit from God. It can, yes, affect emotions. It can affect the physical. It can affect the mental. It can, you know, have the forms of worry and anxiety within it. But really, fear is a standalone. Fear can stand alone by itself because, you know, you could be sitting in the comfort of your beautiful home and having your family all safe. And, and then, you know, I remember the, the year when the two planes flew into the Twin Towers. Most of us were not in New York. We were not even close to New York. But right after the two planes flew into the Twin Towers, you know what happened? The uh, airline industry began to fall. People didn't want to fly anymore. Why? You were not there in New York. You were not even near New York. You probably will not even fly the same planes that these guys flew into the Twin Towers. But yet, people were afraid to fly. Because fear, even though you are having everything in your life settled and you are well paid and everything is healthy and everybody is fine, and yet fear can come through the screen of your television. And right through that screen, it comes and you open the door without knowing even. And it comes straight into your heart. It's a spirit, friends. It's a spirit. And fear is a spirit not given by God and it can come and it can exist alone even without worry, even without anxiety. Yes, it can include worry, it can include anxiety, but it can also be a standalone fear because it's a spirit that needs to be dealt with. It's not necessarily based on needs, but on what we see or choose to see. What we see, or I was talking about the television just now, what you, what you saw, what you choose to see, and then, you know, we stop flying after that. We stop flying because we chose to see that flying is dangerous, that flying kills, that flying, you know, it's, it's, it's going to rob everything from you. And so for months and months and months, people stopped flying. Many people stopped flying. And as I said earlier, the airline industry was in trouble. It's what we choose to see. So I'm going to show you very quickly now four images. Four images, let's just uh, do something fun now. 
Every one of these four images that I show you actually have two pictures. So you have to decide which one you want to concentrate on. Again, it's about focus. And the one that you try to focus or the one that you choose to focus, the one that you choose to see will be the one that will open the door either to opportunity or obstacle. Either to faith or to fear. Either to God or to the, de the, the devil. Let's look at this image. There are two pictures. Some of you immediately saw the old and ugly woman who is sad and hopeless and looking down. Some of you may see immediately the beautiful woman with her head turned to the side. She's beautiful. She's probably even rich. She probably has a nice, beautiful necklace uh, on her neck. She has a feather in her cap, you know, and, uh, and, or, or, or whatever it is, a headscarf. Uh, and she looks rich. She has like a mink coat on, you know. So are we seeing poverty or prosperity? What do we see? Because again, what we choose to see will open the door to faith or to fear, all right? One image, you're looking at COVID-19. Everybody looks at COVID-19. But what do you see from COVID-19? Opportunity, obstacle, life or death. Let's look at the second image. How many of you see the young man with the long hair? Or maybe he's a young woman. <laughs> or how many of you immediately see the grumpy old man? Right? So again, one image. Lockdown is an image. Uh, COVID-19, uh, 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 I should say, uh, the circuit breaker, uh, uh, MCO is an image. But we can choose to see two different purposes. One is young and free, free from fear. Or the other one is old and grumpy, nothing to hope for, nothing to be thankful for, nothing to laugh about, nothing to praise God about. Let's look at another image. Who sees the duck here? Who sees the duck? There's two potentials. One image, two potentials. And who sees the rabbit? Some will immediately see the duck and some will see the rabbit. The duck lives primarily on water, feeds in the waters. You know, the rabbit lives and feeds on land. One probably has, you know, one or two eggs, you know, uh, at a time. But the other, the rabbit, multiplies like crazy, you know? So, you can be the duck if you want to, uh, or you can be the rabbit. The rabbit speaks of multiplication and growth and fruitfulness, you know, in abundance, even in times of difficulty. And a duck, you know, uh, uh, also a, a, a worthy animal, also a worthy animal. And, uh, you know, I, I love the four-season duck in uh, London. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you choose, you choose. Let's look at the last image. Oh, this one is a bit more difficult because usually when I put this image up, people see the toad first. They see the toad. They see the frog, you know. And you know, frog in the Bible, in Moses' time, you know, it was one of the plagues, the ten plagues uh, in Egypt, right? Many, many frogs, many toads. Uh, uh, and uh, and it, it can speak of a of 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 a disaster, of a of a pain, uh, of a difficulty, of a plague. And some of you just look at uh, the the lockdown as a plague, as a frog. You know, uh, so ugly. All you want to do is probably at the, at the at best is to kiss it so that it can become a prince. You know, you want to kiss it so it can, it can become a prince. But nobody wants to just inherit a frog. But listen, how many of you can see the horse? Not a lot of you can see the horse unless you probably tilt your head to one side. 
or you tilt your whole screen or television to one side, you can see the beautiful horse with his beautiful mane. Wow, there's a difference, friends, a huge difference between a toad, a frog, and a horse. A horse you can sit on and it can take you far and it can take you fast and two horses can pull a wagon and it can carry weight you can you can you can you can build with a horse you can you can you can travel with a horse you you can you can you can go to new territories with a horse and that's why even in our cars our beautiful expensive cars it's called horsepower not Horse power or frog power is it's called horse power. And how many of us see the horse? That even at the time of COVID-19, and even in the time of difficulty and pain and suffering, we see the horse, and the horse opens the door to opportunity and, and breaking barriers and going where you never knew you could go. Oh, in the name of Jesus, I pray that we will see. Let's come back again to the understanding of fear. The third point is fear always causes us to see the worst. And not only to see it, but we say it, you know, because this is the truth. We say what we see. We say what we see. And that's why changing the way we see is very important because once we see that way, we will speak that way. And it's more powerful what you say because the Bible says... Life and death are in the power of the tongue. It doesn't say life and death are in the power of the eyes, but it starts from the eyes, guys. It starts from the eyes. Remember I told you, the last 10 years in the Jewish calendar was ayin. Ayin means eyes, symbolize. The last 10 years was symbolized by the eyes because we've got to see first. But the next 10 years, starting from October 2019, the Jewish calendar for the next 10 years is pei, P-E-I. P-I means mouth. The next 10 years is symbolized by the mouth, by what you say. But you see, the thing is, the truth is, you can't say until you see and you will say what you see. So it's very important to ask God to open your eyes. You know, Elisha, when the Syrian army surrounded uh, uh, the city, you know, they came down for uh, Elisha. They came to destroy Elisha. Elisha was not afraid. Elisha saw something, but his servant Gehazi was afraid. And the servant was so afraid that he cried out to his master. And the master said, do not be afraid. And the master said, greater are they that are for us than they that are against us. And then he prayed this prayer. Come on, Elisha prayed, God, I was going to say Father, God, open the eyes of my servant Gehazi. And God had to first open the eyes. And Gehazi saw. He saw as God saw. He saw as his master Elisha saw. Let's see first, and then we will say. And so we, we need to speak life where all others are speaking death. We need to speak hope when all others are speaking hopelessness. We need to speak victory when all others are speaking failure. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, re remember, remember Peter. Oh, I, I, I love this story about Peter because Peter was trying to walk on water. He saw his master Jesus walking on water and he desired to walk and Jesus says, come. Peter says, Lord, if it's you, you know, bid me to come. You know, call me to come and Jesus says, come. One word. One word from the Lord is enough. Call me to come if it's you. Jesus says, come. And Peter got out of the boat. There was faith. He started walking on water. How many of you would do that? Come on, listen. How many of you would say, you know, you get out of the boat and walk on water? No, not many of us would do it. We would say stupid, silly, foolish. But no, Peter had faith. He started with faith. 
But it wasn't genuine faith yet. Why? Because it was not faith that was tested. And so by faith, he started to walk on water and he walked until his eyes were shifted, the Bible says, to the boisterous winds and, 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 and aggressive waves. And he, he began to allow fear to come into his life. He began to probably see himself drowning. And he cried out to the Lord, Lord, save me. And it's a funny thought because a fisherman is calling out to a carpenter to save him from the waters. Don't you think that um, Peter, as a fisherman, should not be afraid of the waters? Do you think this is the first time he saw winds and waves? Do you think this is the first time uh, he, he, he saw that he needed to swim? No, of course not. This is his daily trade. He should know about the waters. He should know about the waves. This is not the first time he's seeing it. And I'm sure he knows how to swim. But here is a fisherman sinking who's calling out to a carpenter, save me. And this is what fear does to us. It paralyzes us. It does. It causes us to get stuck. You know, our feet not able to move. We, 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 are, we, are, we, are, we are, you know, like nailed to the seat, nailed to the ground. We are paralyzed. Fear does that to us because it's a spirit, you see. You see, God didn't rebuke his people when they worried. God didn't rebuke his people when they were anxious. But I believe that God will rebuke us if we will continue to allow fear in and to live by it. No, don't live by fear. Live by faith. Let God be your focus. Let God be your strength. But what happened? The fisherman who was supposed to be familiar with the water cried out to the carpenter and he was sinking. And I tell you what, some of you can you know, try to bluff yourself or to bluff others, try to pretend that, oh, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid, I'm just being wise, I'm just being cautious, I'm, I'm not afraid, I'm, you know, I'm just being wise. And while there may be some truth to that, that we have to be wise and cautious and just, you know, do our bit to be responsible, to not spread this virus, yeah, you know, I also believe in precautions. This, uh, um, other hour that I was speaking and it was being translated into uh, Mandarin, uh, you know, Elder Shirley was translating for me and, you know, we were about, you know, five feet apart at least. And the seats here in DVCC, uh, and we've taken two seats away from each seat. And so there's about a good three to four feet uh, at least uh, apart from each other. So we are taking precautions. We are wise. We've got hand sanitizers in different spots all around this place. We've, we've already cleaned this place once, twice. We've, we've used disinfectants. You know, we, we also practice this. Uh, we also want to be wise. Yes, but sometimes, you know, the, as the Bible says, the heart is deceiving. And we are saying one thing, but we actually feel another thing. And who will, who will tell us? Who will preach to us? Who will challenge us? if we even are willing to be challenged. You know, you, it takes humility to be challenged. For those of us who are proud and go like, no, I don't know, you're talking nonsense, you know. Uh, I'm not afraid, you know, I'm just being cautious. Well, good if that's true. But is it true? So I want to tell you that fear has got some signs. One of it is that it, it causes us to have a sinking feeling. Sinking feeling. You, 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 you blare up that you are confident. You blare up and, and, and proclaim and declare that, no, I'm not afraid. I'm just cautious. And yet, in your own privacy, in your own home, uh, in the comfort of your, of your own room, you find a sinking feeling. 
like Peter sinking into the sea, you find a sinking. Why am I feeling this way? Why am, why am I feeling like I'm not confident really? Why am I feeling like, you know, there's another thing driving me, driving my decisions? And not only do you have a sinking feeling, fear, I want to tell you, also stings. It has a smell. If you, if you thought that fear never had a smell, you're wrong. Because even animals can smell fear. Do you know that? You know, once upon a time, uh, uh, you know, when I was very young, uh, you know, we went to visit a, a, a cousin and they have big dogs and we were just small kids. And uh, they were telling us, you know, our dogs don't bite. They don't bite. But our dogs can smell fear. And so come in and do not be afraid. And of course, we were just kids. And one thing about kids is uh, you can either not be afraid at all because you've never taught, you've never taught fear, <laughs> you've never uh, 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 given any projection or any example of fear. And so some children can be fearless. And you just walk in even to a Doberman or, or to uh, you know, uh, 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 whatever uh, dangerous uh, dogs that are out there, Rottweiler, whatever it is, and you can just walk you know, and then go to the dog and then pet. And the dog, guys, like, the dog tries to growl, but he looks at you and goes, he can't smell fear. Uh, and you know, even the dog whisperer, some of you have watched him on television, he says to the owners, do not be afraid. Be the master, be the one in control because the dog can smell your fear. And so what happened was, you know, I learned not to be afraid. So I walked in, I was a little bit afraid, but I, 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 didn't, I didn't want to look at the dog. I was only about six years old. I walked and I walked and I walked straight into the house and the dog just looked at me. But the dog went after another uh, person, another young girl who was just two years older than me and the dog went after her, growled, because this girl was already crying and shivering and afraid. He, the dog can smell fear because fear has a smell. I'm telling you right now. So not, not only do you have a sinking feeling, uh, and even if you can't smell it, people around you can smell it. Your dad, your mom, your pastor can smell it. Listen, you can say one thing, but you can mean another thing. And some of you don't even know that there is a smell. And if you are asked, you will never say, you know, I can't smell it. I can't smell it. Nobody's ever going to admit that you're fearful. But fear has a smell. And most of us usually don't know or won't admit our decision or action are motivated, driven by fear. I want to say one more thing to you and then we'll move on. Fear paralyzes us. And uh, I want to talk to you about a, a particular scripture that I just received from the Lord recently and I love this scripture. It's found in 2 Kings 7, 3-4. 2 Kings 7, 3-4 speaks about the four leprous men. They were at the entrance of the gate. You see, the city that they came from, the four leprous men, were in lack. They were selling very simple things for very expensive. Why? Because there was nothing left. And so the demand was higher than the supply. And yet the prophet, I believe it was Elisha, said that by this time tomorrow, things will change and change drastically that you will begin to sell things at normal price. In fact, it'll be cheap again. Why? Because there will be an abundance. And nobody knew how that was going to uh, become, how that was going to come to pass. But the Bible tells us in 2 Kings 7, 3-4, that there were four leprous men. And this is what they said to one another. Why are we sitting here until we die? I like that question. And some of you have to ask yourself that question. Why are we sitting here? Why are we stuck here? Why are we so paralyzed? That we can actually do something about it, but we ain't doing anything about it. 
Why? Because fear paralyzes us. And even like Peter, who should know how to swim, he forgot how to swim. And he began to sink, asking a carpenter to save him. Come on, are you with me? Listen, don't be so paralyzed that you're stuck to your seat. The four leprous men came to their senses. And sometimes some of us who have fear need to come to our senses. You see, we either die here or we die somewhere else. We either, listen, this is a good one. We either die doing nothing. Then... Or, rather I should say, or we die doing something. <laughs> Which one would you rather? Die doing nothing or die doing something? So the four leprous men were sitting down and waiting to die because there, were no more, there was no more food, nothing, nothing in the city. It was zero, it was in famine. And these are the words of the leprous men. Why are we sitting here until we die? Some of you have got to ask yourself the question, why are we sitting here? Why are we standing here? Why are we stuck here? Why are we sinking here? If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. Come on. Now, therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. Surrender. They want to surrender. They thought of surrendering. Do something. Do something. Never mind. I will go to the enemy camp, and I will surrender, and at least we got food to eat. But if they want to kill us, if the enemy wants to kill us, we die anyway. We die here, we die there. We will die anyway. So we'll, we'll see. Listen, we're going to do something about it. Fear stops us from doing something about it. But faith gets us up from our seats and heading the way that God wants us to walk. And listen, some of you don't know the end of the story. Some of you know it very well. You know what happened? When, come on, when and as soon as the four leprous men stood up and began to walk. Come on, people, began to walk. It, it, it was in their action of walking that God turned the footsteps of the four leprous men. And listen, leprous men, I can even imagine they, are, they lost their fingers, some lost their toes, some may not even have you know, one full foot. You know, maybe they, all they have is a stump. And yet God can turn the feet, the shuffling of four leprous men's feet into the sound of a powerful army so loud and so aggressive and so amazing was that sound that the Syrian army, the enemy camp, got up with fear. See, fear transferred from the four leprous men to the enemy's camp and they got up and they ran for their lives. And when they flee or fled for their lives, what happened? They left all their belongings. They left all the silver and gold. They left all their horses. They left all their tents. They left all their possessions. They left all the food. And the four leprous men got there and said, there's no one here. There's no one here. And they began to eat and eat until they, they, you know, they ate to their heart's content. And then they had to say, they stopped and they said, hey, this is, this, this is wrong. We can't just be enjoying this ourselves. We can't just be eating ourselves. God has given us a great victory. God has given us a great deliverance. Let's go back to the city and tell them. And that night and the next day, they began to see the abundance that was coming in. And true to the word of the prophet, you know, things, simple things, uh, uh, even great things, expensive things, were sold for cheap because there was abundance. The supply was more than the demand. God turned it overnight, 24 hours. God can do that. But where did it start? It started with people reflecting, asking themselves a very important question. If we sit here, we'll die anyway. Why are we sitting here doing nothing and dying? Why don't we go ahead and do something? 
and only when they began to walk towards their destiny that God did the miracle. I want you to understand that fear paralyzes us. Fear paralyzes us, but faith sets us free. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, fear, how to overcome it. This will be our last lap. All right, are you ready? Number one, do not be afraid. Worry, do not worry. Anxiety, do not be anxious. Fear, do not be afraid. The Bible says many times, fear not, for I am with you. Number two, don't give the enemy a foothold. You see, worry is not about the enemy. Anxiousness, nothing talked about the devil. Fear is a spirit, a spirit that God has not given us. So it's from the enemy, it's from the devil. You must not, the Bible says, must never give the enemy a foothold. Please, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, don't open the door to fear. Shut that door. Don't give the enemy a foothold. Number three, do warfare, man. You see, in worry, we won't ask to do warfare. In anxiousness, we won't ask to do warfare. You know, but in fear, fear is very different. Fear is the spirit. We have to intercede. Intercession means someone standing in the gap. Who is standing in the gap? The Lord is. Jesus is. He is the mighty warrior. The Holy Spirit is with us. We've got to intercede. We've got to fight, man. Because this is not just any worry or any anxiety. This is fear. This is a spirit. This is a demon. And we must cast the spirit out. God never told us to cast worry out. He never told us to cast anxiety out. But it is a spirit, fear. Fear is a spirit and it must be cast out. But this is what God said. He did not just say, do not worry. He did not just say, do not be anxious. He did not just say, fear not, for I am with you. He also gave us an answer. He said, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but, listen, but, you know, all three had a but, hallelujah. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, but in everything by prayer and supplication, but he has given us a spirit of, come on, power, love, and a sound mind. I want to introduce to you the Trinity now. All three of them, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, has got something to do to help you and me cast out fear. Number one, power. Power also means courage. Power also means bonus. Where does this bonus come from? It comes from the Spirit of God. It's not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. Let's look at the Scripture found in 1 John 4, 3-5. And every spirit that, that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world. They are of the world. Therefore, they speak as of the world and the world hears them. You know, the world speaks a different language. And sometimes the world can sound very wise, Scientists, doctors, you know, uh, 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 you know, all kinds of experts. And, and, and sometimes we are so tempted to follow that. And sometimes we feel ashamed when we, when we speak a language that's different. When we speak a language of faith, you know, it seems like foolishness to people. And so they laugh at us and you're afraid that they will laugh at you for going out there to work, for going out there back to school, even though you are practicing precautions. Many people are saying, you're so foolish, you're so stupid. You know, the experts are saying this, the experts are saying that. And, and, and yet the Bible says, they are of the world. Therefore, they speak as of the world. Then the world hears them. 
But we, we, we are not of the world. And greater is He who is in us than He who is in the world. Come on, the Holy Spirit is the one that gives us the courage. For what? The boldness. For what? The power. For what? To face up to our fears. To face up to our fears. And to overcome it. What's the next scripture? 1 John 4, 17-19. 1 John 4, 17, 19 says what? Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. Come on, there is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. Why does it say perfect love casts out fear? First of all, perfect love does cast out fear. And therefore, you and I need to dwell in God's love. The Bible says the Father loves us. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever should believe in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Perfect love. Not just love, but perfect love. Understanding how much God loves you. That confidence in God's love will cast out. Why does He say cast out? Because it's a spirit. So it has to cast out fear. But what casts it out? It is perfect love. You and I, has got, we, we've got to be established in that love. We've got to be rooted in that love. We've got to be confident in that love. It is the love of God. Come on, people. You've got to know that God loves you when you're going out there to your workplace, when you're going out there to your office, when you're going out there to your school. Know that God's love will never leave you, never forsake you. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, the Bible says. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. What casts out fear? Perfect love. Because fear involves torment. Yes, aren't you? Aren't, aren't I tormented when fear is allowed in our lives? When we open the door to fear, we get torment day and night. Should we do this? Should we not do this? Should we touch this? Should we not touch this? Should we eat this? Should we not eat this? You know, we're we are just, we just filled with fear. And there's a sinking feeling, as I said. And there's a smell and it stings to high heavens. And you don't admit it sometimes because, you know, you're fearful to admit that you're fearful. <laughs> But God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of, come on, power, love. And the third one, sound mind. What's a sound mind? Sound mind is a right mind. Right mind, right thinking. So many voices, so many people telling you how to think. No, you want to think rightly. You want to think righteously. You want to think properly. You want to think clearly. A clear mind, a right mind, and also a renewed mind. Don't forget, the Bible says, do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you can prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. You want to know the perfect will of God for you? Whether you should go back to work, whether you should go to church, whether you should do this, whether you should go there, here, whatever it is. You want to know what is the good, acceptable, perfect will of God? Be renewed in your mind. I believe that many of us stand to be transformed more than we've ever been transformed over this two-month, three-month period. You know, God is interested in our transformation and our testimony. Remember, the test is for a testimony. In fact, you can't even spell testimony without first spelling test. The first four letters of testimony is test. You can't spell testimony without first spelling test. How does genuine faith come? through the testing. God is interested to use this as a test. Test our hearts and see God, the anxiety that's within us. Oh, we want to know who and what do we really depend on and may we be found depending on you, O oh God, and you alone. Let's look at the scripture for this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 and 16. 
but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Listen, but we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. And how many of you think that the mind of Christ has got fear in it? No way, no way, no way. The mind of Christ will never entertain fear. We must have the mind of Christ. And the Bible in Philippians says, in Philippians chapter 2, I believe, it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. It's power of the Holy Spirit. It's the perfect love of God the Father and it's the mind of Christ the Son. See the Trinity at work. Praise the Lord. And how many times have you heard the benediction? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father and the fellowship, the communion with the Holy Spirit and in the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Amen. The Trinity wants to, wants to get involved, uh, especially when we get bullied by the spirit of fear. Listen, it doesn't come from God, but what comes from God is power, love, and a sound mind. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me give you now my last lap of a few more slides and then we close. The next slide says, not being afraid does not mean you're not right. It means that even if you're right, you're not afraid. Simply because it's the right thing to do. And you know that God loves you. Now listen friends, I'm going to be very honest with you, bluntly honest. You might be afraid that you'll be sick when you go out. I don't have any guarantees that you and I won't be sick when we go out. A missionary was asked once upon a time, many, many years ago, I heard this, a young man who was convinced that he was called by God to go to a war-torn country. It was disease-infected. And he had decided, I'm going. And an older man came up to him and challenged him and said, young man, this is a terrible country you're going to. You will die if you go. Straight out, point blank, he told the young man, you will die if you go. And the young man, as if he was anointed to give this answer, replied, but sir, I'm already dead. And what he meant was, using the scripture, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. He says, sir, I'm already dead. The life that I live, I live for the Lord. I'm dead to sin. I'm, I'm, I'm dead to fear. I, I, I'm dead to selfish desires. Sir, it makes no difference. I'm already dead. I'm going as a dead man, walking only by faith in the life that Christ gives me. Doesn't make a big difference. And that was a very powerful statement. I remember that as a young believer. How do we see life? Are we so desperate to keep ourselves alive? You know that, uh, that we don't live? To be alive is one thing, to be living is another thing. And, and, and that's true, right? You can be staying alive, breathing, but not really living the life that God wants you, the abundant life. I can't guarantee you that you won't suffer loss. You won't have flu or some sickness 
Now, of course, none of us want it. I don't want it for you. I'm speaking to you as a pastor and I love you and I don't want anything bad to happen to you. But that, that is not the guarantee. Even I'm trying to say that even if you're right that something bad could happen, it doesn't give you the right to stay home and not be living the life that God has called you. Now, this is the way missionaries go to countries that they think there's a high chance they might never come back, but they go anyway. They might be right that they might never come back, but they go anyway. They go anyway because it's the right thing to do. And furthermore, when you go, when you go and do the right thing, not guaranteed at all that you will not have a little sniffle, that you will not have a little cough, that you might not, uh, you know, no guarantee that you might not end up in hospital for 14 days. No guarantee that you might not have a pay cut. No, no guarantee that you might not lose your job. There's no, no guarantee, but yet it's still the right thing to do. So there's a very bold statement out there. The bold statement is this, and I, I, I wish it for nobody, but I'll say it anyway. It's a bold statement. I'd rather be sick and free from fear than to be well and bound by it. I know it's a very bold statement, but listen to me. You know, I'd rather lose to an opponent. You know, in a game or in sports, there's always a winner, there's always a loser. Sports is like that. Games are like that. When you're fighting a boxing match, there must be a loser, there must be a winner. And I'd rather lose to an opponent Listen very carefully now. I'd rather lose to an opponent. It's okay. It's okay to lose. That's life. I'd rather lose to an opponent. I'd rather lose a fight than to lose to fear. I'd rather lose a fight than to lose to fear. I'd rather lose my job than to lose to fear. Fear is not an option that we should ever take. It's a spirit that we must cast out. See, friends, don't wait till it's, it's all gone before you think about what you've gained. I'm going to say it again. Don't wait till it's all gone before you think about what you've gained. Don't finish the test without the testimony. Don't wait till your opponent leaves before you boast. I think and I feel there's going to be a lot of people like that, no? You're, you're, you're standing there, right? You're... you're <laughs> You're thinking that you're really strong and then suddenly, you know, a big opponent comes your way, an enemy comes your way and then he comes and he goes, rah, rah, and he causes you to be afraid. And you go, ah, ah, no, no. And then you hide, ah, no. And then COVID-19 is like that, right? Or MCO, whatever you want to call it. Rah, rah, ah. All the Christians all run, ah, ah, ah. And then suddenly, you know, no testimony here for two months, no testimony here for three months, no testimony for six months, except a Christian hiding behind the pulpit. Then uh, COVID-19 has its own way. Rah, rah, you know, and, and, and you go hiding. And then you wait for COVID-19 to leave. COVID-19 leaves after six months. Oh, there's no fight here. So boring. Nobody wants to fight. And COVID-19 goes. And as COVID-19 walks away, here comes the Christian. Ha, come la, fight la. Hey, fight la. Hey, come on la. Hey, come back la. Hey, hey, hey. Why you go away? Why? You know, Christians sometimes like that. We only want to show off after the test walks away. After COVID-19 walks away. Then we go, come, come on, hey, come back la. Hey, come back. Hey, you think I'm scared of you. You think I'm scared of you. You know, I, I saw that vision in my mind. And I thought to myself, Christians, don't, don't find yourself 
being like that. Now is the time for testimony. Now is the time for example. Now is the time to fight. Don't fear, fear. Don't fear, fear. Praise the Lord. Worry, anxiety and fear is very much like Jesus tempted in the wilderness. Remember, Satan hit Jesus with the first temptation. Why is it? It's called the bodily temptation. Turn these stones to bread. Why? Because I know you're hungry. What, what has worry got to do with that? Worry has always got to do with what you eat, what you drink, what you wear. Body. Then he takes Jesus up on the pinnacle of the temple and he says, throw yourself down because God will catch you. He will send his angels and give them charge over you. See? The dependency is always upon somebody else. So the anxiety comes. The anxiety is this. It's not that I'm in control. Someone else is in control of my life. So body, soul is the second temptation. Third one is the temptation of the spirit because he shows him the kingdom of the world which was, which was very spiritual. Why was it spiritual? Because you can't go up even to the Everest, Mount Everest, the highest mountain, and see the kingdoms of the world. You can't. You can't see the whole world from Everest. So this vision that the enemy uh, had given Jesus from the top of the mountain was not a natural vision. It was a spiritual, a supernatural vision. It was spiritual. And what was the last uh, temptation? The most important one. You fall down and worship me, Jesus, and I will give you everything. Listen, it's all spiritual, right, at the end of the day. Body for worry, uh, soul for anxiety, and spirit, spiritual for fear. It's like, you know, there's, a, there's, a, there's like a, what, what, what would you call it? Like a strategy, man. It's a strategy that the enemy has been using for years and centuries and decades and, you know, oh, you know, I mean, centuries should come after decades. But you know what I'm trying to say? It's a long time that the enemy has been in this game. A long time. And he's been defeating us again and again because we're not aware, we're not alert. You know, UK now has gone from stay home to stay alert. We need to stay alert and be aware and be awake, people. Know the enemy's plans and his devices. Paul said, I'm not ignorant of the devil's devices. He has a plan. He has a strategy. He has a way. He has defeated so many Christians and the best kind of Christian and the top leaders he has defeated because of worry. If he can't get you on worry, he'll get you on anxiety. If he can't get you on anxiety, he'll get you on fear. Let's close. Let's close. People, as we start to prepare to go out there again to do God's will, remember how Jesus taught us how to pray? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It's always his kingdom come, his will be done first. Everything has a purpose and the greatest purpose is that his kingdom will come, his will will be done. It's not just about our work, not just about making money, not just about being rich, not just about studying and grades. No, it's about all that plus how his kingdom can come, how his will can be done. Come on, COVID-19 is passing. The test is passing. Don't focus on what is passing. Focus on how you can prepare for the day that God wants you back out there again to live life and life more abundantly. He who observes the wind will not sow and he who regards the clouds will not reap, says Ecclesiastes 11.4. Don't observe the wind, don't observe the clouds. Begin to sow and to reap. Do it now. You know, stand up and start walking and let God do the miracle like the four leprous men. Hallelujah. Listen, I'm going to give you some final questions before I close. Question number one, how prepared are we? How has COVID-19 and MCO and circuit breaker and lockdowns, how, how, has, how has these things prepared us? What has God been teaching us, telling us? How prepared are we 
to overcome worry, anxiety and fear and begin to do God's will and fulfill our purpose. Amen. How much clearer are we of our purpose? You see, this year, 2020, Acts Church has got one, a one-word uh, uh, vision, a one-word goal, and that is to know our purpose. We are restarting or starting with purpose. And God, you know, immediately after we declared purpose as 2020's theme, Immediately, you know, almost immediately, the MCO comes in. And God was like bringing us through. Just, just like, you know, remember when Jesus uh, came up uh, out of the waters uh, and, you know, there was the dove coming upon him and the anointing and, you know, it was, it was like a powerful declaration and then suddenly the Spirit led him to be tempted. Uh, in the wilderness. It, it, it's like, you know, uh, 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 God had visited us in such a powerful way at our anniversary in February that it suddenly moved us into an MCO so that He can, he can, he can strengthen us and, 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 and streamline and, and make our purpose even more clear in the days to come. What is really essential, what is not essential. That's what God is doing. He's trying to remove the flesh, remove the fears, and put in the faith that is needed for us to live out our purpose like never before. What do you think is the, the one thing? Come on, this one, one more question. What do you think is that one thing that can stop us from fulfilling our purpose, our calling, our ministry? Come on. What do you think is that one thing that can stop us from fulfilling our purpose, our calling, our ministry? Well, let me suggest to you, it's fear. It's fear. It's faithlessness. It's fear. It will stop us from going out there and doing what God wants us to do. God's commission has always been go, not stay. So don't stay home too long, friends, because God's word has been go, and it's been go for, for so many centuries, man. 2,000 years, his word is go. Go is two-thirds of God's name. Go, not stay. Yes, you can stay home for a while. Yes, there's a time for that. But God's word is God's word. This is the right way. This is the right thing to do. Staying at home and working from home is two very different things. If we truly, if we are truly honest, not many of us have been able to do much work from home. And not just work as in our daily work, as in our work that earns us money, but the work of the Lord. The work of the Lord not always can be done from home. Yes, uh, uh, an amount of it can be done from home. You can call, you can speak to people online, but God says to us, Go. The first thing we need to do, friends, before we even attempt to restart our lives is to make sure we have dealt with fear and defeated it. Come on, before you go out, before you prepare to go out, come on, we've got to deal with fear and defeat it. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Living life without fear is very liberating. I tell you, try it. If you haven't tried, try it. Go out there and, and, and don't be so afraid. Don't be so afraid about everything. Yes, wear your face mask. You know, yes, wash your hands. Yes, you know, practice whatever you need to practice responsibly. But do it without fear. Try it. And I tell you what, it's gonna, you're going to feel the liberation. All right? Let, hey, last few. Put a strict MCO on fear and tell it to stay home. Okay? The MCO shouldn't be on you lah. The circuit breakers shouldn't just be on human beings, okay? Uh, the, the lockdown shouldn't just be on God's creation, as in us, His people that He loves. The people that He died for. Jesus gave His life for us. You know, MCO and lockdowns weren't meant for people, I tell you what. It was meant for fear. Tell fear. Put a, put a lockdown, a MCO or a circuit breaker on fear. Tell fear, stay home. And in Malays, dudo rumah diam diam. Keep quiet, fear, and stop talking to me because you're a liar. All right, uh, and only 
truth is found in Jesus. Okay, half the battle is already won when we win the war on fear. Amen? Half the battle is already won when we win the war on fear. And last slide for today, there will be the removal of COVID-19. This is for sure. God will take it from the face of the earth. That's been my prayer. That's been my revelation. I say, God, remove COVID-19 from the world. And God tells me, yes, Kenneth, but COVID-19 was here for a purpose. I am testing my church. I am trying my church. I'm training my church. I'm restarting my church. I'm wanting my church to learn of deeper things. I'm wanting them to see as I see. I'm wanting them to feel as I feel. Kenneth, don't just pray for the removal of COVID-19. Pray for the revival of Church 20. Church 20 means the 2020 church. And from 2020, what will the church really look like? Yes, God will remove COVID-19. But may God also revive Church 20. And that's all of us. That's our hearts. That's our hearts. May God set His fire and flame ablaze in all of our hearts. May fear go. May faith come. May God's kingdom come and His will be done. May His name be glorified. Thank you, people, for listening to this message. I pray the word has gone forth and it will not return to God void, but it will accomplish the purpose for which He has sent it. May you all be so blessed this week and the coming weeks as you go back out to do the right thing, to do God's work, to do God's will. May you all prosper as your soul prospers. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word that's clear clear in its understanding about worry, anxiety, and fear. Lord, it is not to be mixed up. It is not to be misunderstood. Lord, but it is to be seen clearly. God, you're not rebuking us for worry. You know that we are human beings and we do worry. Lord, you're not scolding us for anxiety. You are speaking to us lovingly how we should make our request known to you and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. But Lord, you have said and you have called out fear to be a spirit, a spirit that you have not given to us. But what you have given to us is a spirit of power, of love and a sound mind. And Lord, we will not allow fear to grip us, fear to bind us and to bully us. We will not allow fear to paralyze us and to cause us to be stuck where we stand. Oh Lord, we don't want to be sinking to the place where we are drowning. But God, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you will be there or even here right now to stretch forth your hand and lift us up, oh Lord, out of the waters, out of the miry clay. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, take away this smell of fear from us. We don't want to be stinking. We can put all the perfume we want, all the cologne we want on the outside and we can smell good on the outside. But on the inside, if there's fear, then Lord, there will be a smell and there will be a sinking feeling. And Lord, this is not from you. And God, we pray that it will be your fragrance that will come and overtake that smell of fear. Your fragrance of love because perfect love casts out fear. Let your love fill our hearts. Let your love fill our minds. Let your love fill our lives and our families in the name of Jesus. So remove the smell and the stink of fear from our lives and from our homes and from our families and from our workplaces and from our classrooms and our schools in the name of Jesus. Father, help us to not only deal with fear but to defeat it in the name of Jesus and to be more than overcomers through Jesus who loves us. Father, help us to be wise as we go out there this week.
week, next week, and the following weeks. Help us, O oh God, to do the right thing, no matter what it is, O oh Lord. Help us also protect us, O oh God, from every attack of the enemy, from every virus, sickness, and disease. Lord, thank you for the power of the blood of Jesus that covers us and cleanses us. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Oh, lead us every step of the way. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. So Lord, this uh, morning we acknowledge You. We acknowledge You, oh God, in our lives. You are our Lord. You are our Lord. Your Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Lead us. Direct our path. Direct every step and every decision that we make, oh God, that we will make it according to Your will. We will make it according to Your wisdom. And Lord, it is Your kingdom that will come, Your will that will be done. Oh Lord, may Your name be glorified. Thank You so much, Lord, for the victory that You give to us. You make us more than overcomers through Jesus who loves us. Thank You so much. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody say... Amen and amen. God bless you. Remember that He loves you so much. Perfect love casts out fear. And I love you too. And I am so thankful for the opportunity to speak to you uh, this morning. Be blessed, everybody. Have a victorious week ahead, a winning week ahead, a breakthrough week ahead. Until we meet again, God bless you. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.axchurch.uk. God bless.